Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Let's open up our Bibles today. This is the passage of Scripture I just had on my heart. We'll see where it goes. The book of Psalms, and we're going to look at verse number 4 in chapter 37. Psalms 37 and verse number 4. For those of you who've attended this church for any length of time, you know the story. story. But my father passed away when I was 17 years old. And out of that, um, when I was on my way towards the homegoing service, uh, that's the the Christian term for funeral, (laughs) you know, because sometimes you use phrases sometimes in church, and then there are people who are unchurched that are like, what in the world are they talking about, homegoing service? Um, The reason why, if you're unchurched, why we call it homegoing is death, we believe, is not goodbye. How many of you are thankful death is not goodbye? Amen. Death is not goodbye. Death is see you later. And so this is not our home. Heaven is our home. Being in God's presence is our home. So we call it a home-going service. And on the way to that, our church at that time was on Highway 18 over by the Metro Center. Did anybody attend that location? Anybody attend that? Okay, we've got a lot of hands. Okay, nice, nice. So you've continued along with us on this journey. On the way there, on Highway 18, there was a Chevron that was right there on the right before you would get to the church. And the reason why I remember this Chevron so well is on the way to the the funeral, God spoke to me. Now, this is what we're talking about in this series, is how to hear from the voice of our Father. How many of you know God wants to speak to you? Amen. How many of you know God wants to have an intimate relationship with you? Amen. Uh, God spoke to me. And this time when I say God spoke to me, and this is the only time it has ever happened in my life. I've never had this happen to me before. I've never had this happen since. When God spoke to me, he spoke to me audibly. I I heard him with my, my physical ears. It was not internal. It was not like a witness. It was not like a rubbing. I heard the voice of God. So much so, I was in the passenger seat, my mom was driving. So much so, I turned around in the car because I thought the voice was coming from behind me. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. I have called you to be the next full-time pastor of Word of Life Church, and you'll have double the anointing of your father. Spoke that to me audibly. Now, at this time, I had no idea uh, that I would be the next pastor of this church, and I was still a little unsure as to whether or not I wanted to be. Um, I'll get more into that maybe later. We'll see. No notes. We could wind up anywhere today. Um, So um, when I got to the funeral, uh, there was a a man there uh, who was my father's spiritual father, and a prophet of God, a man of God that I just had the utmost respect for. And he was officiating the service. I get there, and as soon as I see him, I ask him if he will meet with me. And as soon as those words come out of my mouth, I'm like, why did I just say that? Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? 
where it's like you had words come out of your mouth, and then after they came out, it's like, why did I ask that? Just you got socially awkward. Any anybody else socially awkward every now and then? Okay. So I asked him. I said, uh, "Will you come in my father's office and talk with me?" And he said yes. And while we're walking, I'm like, "What did I just do?" And him and his wife got up and walked with me to my father's office, and they sat down on the sofa, and I shut the door behind me, and I gave him uh, my hand, and I just said, will you pray for me? And he grabbed my hand, and when he did, I just hit my knees and started weeping. You know, it's one of those moments. And he started praying, and then he started what we would call as uh, the Christian church prophesying. Now, for those of you who aren't sure what prophecy is, prophecy, all it is, is inspired utterance. It's not necessarily the future. It's it's not like all prophecy is not always predicting future events. Prophecy is just when man stops talking and God starts talking. You can preach with the spirit of prophecy. You can sing with the spirit of prophecy. You can pray with the spirit of prophecy. You can write with the spirit of prophecy. It's just when man stops talking and God starts talking. And he started speaking on behalf of God, and he said, Weeping may endure for the night, but joy will come in the morning. God has called you to be the next full-time pastor of Word of Life Church. And you'll have double the anointing of your father. And when he said that, I'm like, wait a minute. I just heard that in the car. Like, I I just heard that then. Then he gets up at the funeral, and the funeral service is going. And, you know, everybody's doing their part in the service. And then he gets up to give, like, the final word. And he says, and now I'm going to speak by the Spirit of the Lord. Weeping may endure for the night but joy will come in the morning. Joel is called by God to be the next full-time pastor of this church, and he will have double the anointing of his father. That was three times. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. All prophecy, anytime someone gives you a prophetic word in the new covenant, it should always line up with what God has already spoke to you in your heart. It'll be a co-witness It'll witness what God has already told you. Uh, And I'm sitting there, and I'm, like, trying to wrap my mind around all this. I'm 17. Like, you you can't prepare your life for your father passing away and then, like, all of these extravagant supernatural experiences, like, hitting your life at one time. And I, I went into this season of life where I'm like, God, what in the world is going on? I kid you not, for the span of about three years after that moment. God was leading me so spectacularly, I'm telling you, it would absolutely just, the only way I know how to describe it is just blow your mind. It's like my mind could not reason it. Some of the experiences would be so deep, I've never told anybody about it. I mean, like, so proficient, so profound. And I'm not like the emotional feeler, like, make stuff up and that kind of... I'm not like that guy. Like, you don't have to worry about me ever being that guy. I am a logical thinker. I I am like, you know, line by line, precept by precept. Let me read five books about it before I even think about talking about it. Like, all of those kinds of things. 
But God was leading me so supernaturally. I mean, through visions and dreams. And I'd walk into a church service and someone would come up and have the exact word that was in my prayer journal the night before. Like all of these kinds of things happening. And then it all just stopped. And I'm like, Am I out of the will of God? I'm like, what is, what is going on here? Like, you know, God, like, woo, like, I really need a word right now. I really need you to speak to me right now. And so I got on uh, uh, um, to a meeting. I almost said got online because it seems like online's been around for forever. But at this time, I don't even think I got online to get this. But some way or another, I came across a teaching from a man by the name of Keith Moore. And at that time, and he still does it today, Every message he's ever preached is out there for free. You can go to his website and download it. At this time, it was a cassette tape. And uh, he would mail you the cassette tapes and mail you the CDs, all that kind of stuff. I put in this tape, and it was talking about hearing from God because I kind of came to this place where I felt like I was in a dry spell. And God had been leading me so supernaturally, I had become accustomed to that maybe that's the only way God will lead, like that kind of thing. And so I'm picking up this to see, like, am I out of the will of God? Is there something I need to, like, judge in my life, something I need to course correct? And I I picked up this teaching tape, and it was talking about growing in sensitivity, and he told this story. He said that there was a moment when he was in Bible school where he was sitting on the front row. And as he was sitting there, the guy who was speaking uh, got off the stage and walked up to him on the front row and walked up to the guy who was next to him and gave him a prophecy. And the guy's, you know, like getting teary-eyed, and God's just speaking right to the heart of this individual. And uh, Brother Keith is sitting right next to the guy, and in his heart, he was thinking, I want a word. And you ever wanted a word before? It's like, I just want a word. And he said, I'm sitting there, and he's like, all I can think is, I want a word. Like, I want God to speak to me like God is speaking to him. Like, I want a word like that. God, would you give me a word like that? But it didn't come. And so he's sitting there thinking, like, you know, about this the whole time the service is going, until finally this minister walks back down to the front row, and he says, some people say, I want a word. And he's standing right in front of Brother Moore. Some people say, I want a word. That you want God to break through this natural realm and speak to you out here. A voice, a dream, a prophecy, a vision, whatever it may be. Like you want God to speak to you out here. God sends seven red cars to pass in front of me right now. And if they come, then I know that you want me to do this. I want God to move out here. He said, some people want a word for God to break through the natural and to speak to them out here. But he said, anytime God does that, it's for one of two reasons. Now, if you're taking notes, this is a good note to take. Anytime God breaks through the natural, through a dream, through a vision, through a prophecy, Anytime God breaks through into the the, the natural and begins to deal with the heart of man through a sign, through a star, through a blood moon, whatever it may be, anytime God breaks through the natural to speak to mankind, it's for one of two reasons. Either one, mankind 
has gotten so hard-hearted and God has been trying to get their attention for quite some time, but they keep shutting him out that he can't speak to him any other way. That man has become so hard-hearted that God had to do something in the natural to get their attention, to slow them down, to stop them, to let them see the error of their ways, like God's hand coming through the natural so big through an event, through something natural, through something huge that it's trying to wake mankind up, that you have become so hard-hearted that God has not been able to speak to you internally So he had to come through and speak to you externally because it was the only way he could get your attention. An example of this in Scripture is in the book of Acts. We see at this time his name is Saul. And Saul was a man by God who was called to write three-fourths of the New Testament, like this amazing minister, this guy who was supposed to be used by God to do like amazing works, and, and here he is, like, you know, going the complete opposite direction of what God has called him to do. And finally, you know the story. God breaks through the natural realm, and God begins to show up in Jesus, and Jesus is confronting Paul, and he's like, you're the one who's persecuting me. You know the story in the book of Acts. But one of the things that Jesus said to him was, Paul, it's hard to kick against the pricks. You remember that? And the analogy is, is like we didn't, most of us at least, don't grow up on farms or around livestock. At least I know I didn't. Allergic to horses, I thank God. So anyway, I didn't grow up among that. Uh, and, and so out of this, apparently, when you have livestock, you would put in some type of, of fencing that would have pricks on it to keep the animals at at bay where they couldn't get and break through those barriers. And so these pricks, the animals would come up to it and press against it, and it would hurt them enough to get them to stop. It would hurt them enough to get them to back down. But occasionally, and you know this from your own flesh, you can get so wounded that you get what? Callous hardened. And what used to hurt you doesn't hurt you anymore. So what used to stop these animals is no longer an effective method to stop them because they've kicked against it so long that they've become callous to it. And we talked about that last week. How many of you know the same thing can happen to your heart? This is what where the world's at today. So calloused, so, so hard that people can do things and say things that absolutely break the hearts of people, and it doesn't even bother them. It used to, but it no longer gets them. Why? It's not because something's uh, born wrong in their heart. It's because something has been violated so many times that what used to make somebody stop has become so hardened 
that now they just blow right past it. And so when that happens to me, when that happens to you, when that happens to Saul, when that happens to Paul, when that happens to Keith, when that happens to any of us, God out of his mercy, how many of you know the Lord is full of mercy? How many of you thank God that the Lord is filled with mercy? God out of his mercy will break through in the natural realm, even if he has to create signs in the heavens and signs in the earth. Even if he has to open up heaven and pour out like something in your life of sending somebody to be a witness in your life or, or a dream or a vision or a message, you don't even know why you, you're watching this Sunday or why you even came in the room, but you're here. Something happened in the natural realm to get you into a place where God could speak to you. So God will break through in the natural if I've so hardened my heart on the inside that have shut God out there. The, the second reason, he said, why God will break through the natural is because your life is about to go through something that is so hard and rough that if you did not hear God that strong, you would doubt that you heard God. So why would God break through in the natural and begin speaking so strongly in the natural? Number one, your heart's gotten so hard and he had to. Number two, life's about to get so hard that if he didn't, you would doubt you heard from God. An example of this is found in the book of Acts chapter 16. You see Paul, he's praying and he's going in the direction of going towards Asia. And we don't know how the Holy Spirit did this, but it said he was forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. His heart is, is telling him, you can't go to Asia. And something is pulling him back from going in that direction. And he seeks us out, Father, and while he's praying, he has a vision, like a full-fledged vision. And a man from Macedonia appears to him, and he's waving to Paul, come over here and preach the gospel to us. Like, God broke through in the natural, gave Paul a vision. Here's a man saying, come over here and preach the gospel to us. And so Paul gets up, and he goes in that direction. Well, you know, when he gets there, he starts preaching and teaching. But in Acts chapter 16, in the same chapter where he has this vision, you see Paul get imprisoned, beaten, cast in jail, and is going to be executed the next morning. Now, what would be your temptation to believe if you didn't have that vision? Uh, if you're in a prison and about to be executed, the temptation to believe there would be, I must have missed God. Like, surely... What happened out here has gotten so rough and so bad, I am the will of, I'm out of the will of God. But I, I want to help you. You can't judge the will of God solely by what's going on out here. And Paul is in this place where he's like, I know I heard from God. Like, I saw a vision. I know I heard from God. And so what did he do in prison? Based off of what he knew about that place, he got in faith, and instead of feeling sorry for himself in prison, he knew he was supposed to be there. So he began to pray and sing praises so loud that the prisoners began to hear him. And immediately, heaven was open, everything shook, the prison shook, the door opened, and Paul walked out free. But why did God speak so supernaturally there? Because his life was about to go through some hard times. Why was God speaking to me so supernaturally? 
Well, number one, I was a spiritual baby at 17. And the Lord had to get me lined up. I didn't know how to follow my heart. I didn't know how to check on the inside. I didn't know how to have a tender conscience. I didn't know any of those things. So, so much was happening internally because of my ignorance. And number two, what happened to me the first five years in ministry, I wouldn't wish upon anybody in ministry. If God hadn't led me as intensely as he led me, I would have quit and you wouldn't be seeing my face and me seeing yours today. But here's what I learned through all that process is can God speak out here? You better believe he does. But the primary way in which God speaks to us, leads us, guides us, is not out here, but instead it's in here. It's on the inside, not on the outside. There's a scripture here in Psalms 37. Let's check it out here in verse 4. Many of you know this verse. Psalms 37 and verse number 4. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, I know that you could interpret this verse of Scripture, that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you that boat that you really want. Uh, And, uh, you know, he'll give you a new dress or a new pair of golf clubs. But I think what this scripture is, is speaking to us is that when you delight yourself in the Lord, your heart becomes a safe guide. And oftentimes, the way that God guides you is actually through desire. Now, they told me it would be easier for them if I stayed on the stage for filming. But you know what? I think I may walk off the stage for a couple of minutes and... Just test, test your overall capabilities to follow. (laughs) Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus, it said he was filled with the Spirit. Right after that in verse 2, it said, and he was led by the Spirit. Go home and look at that. If you're watching online, go home and look at Well, I guess you're already home. Stay home. (laughs) And look at that. Filled with the Spirit and then led by the Spirit. Whatever you're full of, you'll be led by. You ever watched a television show and gotten filled up with it and didn't finish it? You didn't finish the, the, the series. You didn't finish the, the... How many of you, when you get so filled with it, when your heart gets so full with it, have you ever noticed that what you're full of, you're led by, and all of a sudden you're at work, but you're really not at work. What are you thinking about? Let me get back home and get on that show. Uh, for some of you younger people, I, I watch this happen all the time with kids. You know, you get so into a video game, so full of a video game. That you get so filled with it that all of a sudden now you're led by it. Do you know you can be so filled with greed that all of a sudden you're led by greed? Do you know Peter got so filled with shame how much he had hurt Jesus? 
how much he had violated his own conscience, that all he could think about was how he missed it. All he could think about was the mistake that he made. All he could think about was how wrong that he was. And based of, of being so filled by shame, he was now led by shame. And this shame was leading him where? Not closer to Christ. This shame was leading him farther away from his calling, farther away from God, because whatever you're filled with, you are led by. But when you become a person who begins to delight in the Lord, your heart becomes a safe guide. When you become a person who knows how to worship, do you know a lot of people don't know how to worship? There are a lot of people, they come to church, they know how to sing. But did you know there are actually very few Christians even who know how to delight in the Lord? When you become a person who knows how to delight in the Lord, when you become a person who takes their delight in Scripture, delight in church, delight in worship, you become a person who becomes a candidate to be led by the Spirit. Because whatever you're filled with, you're led by. Can I ask you a question this morning? Let's, let's just get real intimate today. Can we, get, can we get a little intimate this morning? Let me ask you, what kind of music do you delight in? Because whatever you're filled with, you're led by. I remember a young man came to me one time. And he said, I've been wrestling with, with lust. And I said, really? This is not uncommon. And I said, um, okay. I'm like, how many of you know God's bigger than that? Amen. And how many of you know God will forgive you every time? There's mercy at the throne of Jesus. But I caught him off guard. And I said, let's go out to your car. At this time, we didn't have, you know, iPods and all those types of things. I said, let's go out to your car. And we went out to his car, and he's nervous, as you can imagine. Some, if I told you, let's go out to your car at the end of service. And we went out to the car. I said, let me see your CDs. And we opened up the CD case, and we began looking through it. I said, there's your problem. Whatever you're full of, you'll be led by. Does this promote purity? Does this promote Jesus? Does this promote submission to God? Because whatever I'm full of, I'll be led by. Whatever I delight in. Somebody says, is the heart a safe God? I've heard preachers even talk about, you can't listen to your heart. Like, don't follow your heart because your heart will get foolish. And then you hear other preachers say, like, follow your heart. If it's in you, go for it. Well, which one's right and which one's wrong? It all depends. What's it depend on? Your heart. If your heart is one that is delighting in the Lord, if your heart is one that is pure and filled with God, if your heart is one that is open to worship and open to the word of God, if scripture excites you, if worship music reaches you, if like you find yourself wanting to study out more about God's word, so you pick up a book about it as well. Like if you become this person who delights in the Lord, your heart becomes a safe God. I can remember when uh, I was 16, 
I had a, a moment where I changed. And it wasn't like a summer camp or something like that. It, you know, I, I, I had plenty of good summer camps. I'll close with this. Uh, but up until this point, the only thing I was interested in was not being in ministry. No part of me wanted to be in ministry. And when I say no part of me wanted to be in ministry, I literally mean no part of me wanted to be in ministry. I, I wanted everything else uh, but ministry. Anything, like I'll make money for ministry, like I'll give money to ministry, I'll support those in ministry. Me, don't want to be in ministry. And my heart was filled with a desire just to make money. Like that's what I wanted to be. I, I wanted to be rich. Like I just wanted to make money. And in this, this time, my life was filled with everything else but God. And I, I came to this, this, this moment where I, I was in church and I was, you know, around church and had church around me. Our artwork in our home was like pictures of Jesus, like scripture, uh, like above the mantle is scripture, like so scriptures all around me. And I genuinely love God, but I wasn't necessarily filled with him. And at 16, I can just remember laying on my bed at night and no one was in the room with me. No one could see me. How many of you know this is when character is really formed? Your secret life. Your private life. There wasn't a parent in the room. There wasn't anybody checking my CDs. Not that day. But I was just laying there one night and I couldn't go to sleep. And I just knew I wasn't right. You got to know. You know when you are. You know when you're not. I love when it talks about the prodigal son, just that one, one description of him, when he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he knew, I'm not right. I'm off. And that's a humbling place. We need to be humbled. We live in a world that needs to be humbled. So hardened towards people and God. It's amazing. And oftentimes we can see it in everybody else, but do we see it in ourselves? I'm laying on in my bed, 16 years old, can't go to sleep. And I have just this awakening, this knowing of I'm not right. And so I got out of bed, got down on my knees. No one, no one knew it. There wasn't an altar call or a preacher or Billy Graham. But I got down on my knees. And I told the Lord. I know I'm not right. I know I'm not. But I want to be.
And so, Father, I just rededicate my life to you. I just give you my heart. And I'd love to tell you, like, honey fell from heaven and, like, I felt something warm just wash all of nothing. I got back in bed and went to sleep. Woke up the next morning and I called Mr. Jimmy. Mr. Jimmy was starting a custard shop on County Line Road called Bob's. Anybody like Bob's? Snappy turtle, extra pecans. That's where it's at. That's right. I called Mr. Jimmy. I said, Mr. Jimmy, I said, every single night, I want to shut down Bob's. The ice cream place. I said, especially on Friday and Saturdays, I want to shut down Bob's. And he said, on Fridays and Saturdays? I said, especially on Fridays and Saturdays. And you know why I did that? I did that so that when anybody would ask me to do something that I know would fill me up with the wrong things, I'd have an easy out. I got to work. Got to work. I wish now I would have had more boldness to say I want to live for Jesus. I wish I would have been bolder. I still have regret about that. And so I began working. But I wasn't just working. I I was emptying my life of everything that was not God. I began to fill up on God. And I, I got out of my comfort zone, and even on our youth praise and worship team, I asked him if I could sing on the, on the stage. How many of you know everybody can sing, but not everybody should hold a microphone? Some of you found that out today the hard way. Like, I'm not sitting behind you any longer. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm joking. But I did that because I knew it would make me listen to worship music. I'd have to know the songs. I didn't know any better. Just a young kid. But filling up on God. I didn't even do it to be led by God. I just did it because it felt right. And something happened to me in that season. I felt pure. I felt right. And that whole time before then, my desire had always been to, Mr. J- to be Mr. Jimmy. I always wanted to be Mr. Jimmy. Mr. Jimmy owned all these different businesses, was an entrepreneur, you know, open, and I always wanted, I'm like, I'll open up a restaurant one day, or I'll, you know, own this business. Or own, I always wanted to be that, the businessman. And so I start filling up on God and start delighting myself in the Lord. And one Sunday morning, I'm sitting on the front row, and I'm watching my father preach, 
And on the second row, I'd be sitting about right there. And on the second row, about right there, was Mr. Jimmy. And I see Mr. Jimmy, and he's with his wife, Miss Ann. And I watch him watch my father. My father was talking about Jehovah Jireh, a God who would see and provide. How many of you know God is Jehovah Jireh? Amen. And I looked over at Mr. Jimmy, and he had a tear coming down his eye, or a tear coming down his cheek. And I looked at my father, and I looked at Mr. Jimmy. I looked at my father. I looked at Mr. Jimmy. And like a flash, I saw in my heart I was trying to be the wrong guy. Not a dream, not a vision, not a word from heaven, just a desire shift. And when you fill up on Jesus and you come to a place where you worship him, where you love him, where you want to be where he's at, you want to read what he's in, and then you, you want to watch what he's in, and you, you lose a taste for what he's not in. When you do that, your heart becomes a safe guide. Your desires become safe desires. Your longings become a God longing. When you delight in the Lord, he gives you pure desire. What are you delighting in today? And maybe we can just all come to a place where we just make a decision to just fill up on him. Let me pray for you. Father, we come before you today. We love you, Lord, so much. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we will delight ourselves in the Lord and that you will give us the desires of our heart. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around this morning, Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Joel? I know I, I haven't been, maybe the term is right. And I want to make a change. Maybe you've walked like I, 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 I don't even remember the day I got born again. It's like my whole life was just around church, was just around the Lord. But I remember that night. And, and maybe you're here today and watching online, and you, you know you're born again. But you just need to come to the realization that I did that night that maybe I'm not right. Maybe something in me has gotten off that I've just filled up on the wrong things. And I need to give the Lord my heart. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed, no one's looking around. But if that's you, would you do something today? Would you surrender to Jesus? And somebody says, how would I do that? Well, it's real simple. Right here, right now, would you just lift up your hand all over this place? That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Hands going up in the room, hands going up, hands going up, hands going up. Amazing, amazing, hands going up. 
Hands going up. Online as well. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, everybody here, let's just pray this prayer. You can just repeat it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today, Lord, I surrender. I come to you on bended knee. And I say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my affections. I ask you, Father, to take my heart and to make it pure. Lord, I want to be holy. And I thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness that washes me from all hard-heartedness. And I say, Lord, I'll walk and I'll live for you and you will give me the desires of my heart in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we celebrate everyone who made a decision today?